I'm Robin Amler of IBS Intelligence. You're listening to the IBS iViews podcast. With me is Paul Brown, Chief Operating Officer of Tech Passport, which recently announced that it's partnered with 15 of the world's largest global banks to develop a set of enterprise-ready questions, which will change the way banks and fintechs work together, according to the company. To find out more about this, we will investigate. First of all, Paul, what's changing in the bank fintech landscape that makes such a move make sense? Lots of change at the moment. If we look at a lot of the initiatives that are happening right now, for example, embedded banking, just give an example out there. Banks need to pick their suppliers and their partners very carefully. So rather than just having somebody working with them that may not be stable secure or may not be able to give them exactly what they need the banks need to go through some due diligence and make sure that the supply is right now where we are at the moment so the fintechs and the banks they need each other they they need to work with each other so not just from a competition but also to how the banks push forward and be able to challenge um, other of a banking and challenge the norm. So there's a lot happening inside the banks, but there's also an effect on the startups and the fintechs around this. I've, I've worked at fintechs for a long time before starting at Tech Passport. And one of the things that I've seen so often is that you get a big due diligence from the banks. So it could be 400 questions that you need to sit with your teams and, and fill out. And it it sounds quite straightforward, but some of these questions are so in-depth and so detailed that you need a specialist to do it. And a lot of them are more in-depth than what your statement of applicability would be with the ISO, for example. And a lot of fintechs, a lot of startups may outsource a lot of their work, so they don't generally have these specialists internally to be able to answer them questions in in a way that the banks want to see. But also, it's a big cost on resource. It's a big cost for the supplier to put in and and to be able to provide that bank with that right information that's going to help them become a partnership. Banks are regulated entities, and I think you've kind of touched fairly deeply on this already, but does that in and of itself not make it much more complicated as far as the management of third-party relationships are concerned? Yes, I'd say so. Obviously, the banks are regulated, like you say, but a lot of these fintechs are becoming regulated or if they need to be. But it's also about the fintechs understanding what they need to deliver to the banks and and do it once, you know, and, and have been satisfied across all the banking industries that they've covered the due diligence. And we can facilitate this for our platform and make that onboarding smoother, you know, bringing down NDAs and POCs down to just 24 hours for tier one banks rather than three months, for example. Now, for us, that's that's really, really important because, you know, for the banking point of view, they want to work with somebody who's enterprise-ready. And the supplier wants to be confident that they're ready to be able to speak to the banks and to be a chosen supplier for them. So if a, if a supplier can understand what a bank wants and a bank can understand the challenges a supplier has, they can help each other and learn from each other and really be that driving force together to really push on with that supply relationship. 
It used to be the case, if it's not any longer, clarify that for me if you would, but it used to be the case that we'd think of fintechs and we'd think of businesses moving at speed. Getting into bed with a bank slows things down from the fintech perspective, surely. Yeah, it does. I think the current wave or the the way that things are going, yes, it does. But I think going through our platform and for the banks to be able to see what the supplier has already in place and to see how compliant that supplier is, is hugely important. So the banks know by looking at the due diligence that they've already got there is that they can initiate conversation. They can initiate that relationship quite quickly rather than it being sending over a request for information and a request for pricing and then the supplier having to wait a few weeks for that to be reviewed so what it does is speeds up so the banks can look through they can understand where that supplier is they can compare suppliers and then make a decision on how to drive that forward do you think there's been any impact from the changing economic environment, which is a polite way of, I suppose, putting it that things are going to hell in a handbasket, do you think that's making a difference to the kind of relationships people are seeking and the importance of having these relationships? Yeah, the um, the government are putting money into startups, obviously, to help the economy, which is, is great for that to happen. But that money has to be then used to help get the name of the, the startup out there. You know, it's we, we're living in the cost of living crisis at the moment where there isn't a great deal of money uh, from everyone's got. You, you know, if you're a startup, it's, you're not resource rich, you're not financially rich. Everything you do needs to bring value to the business. So especially now with the, with the costs just keep going up and, you know, people looking at their employees and, and having to help them with the cost of living crisis. So their business costs are, are going up. Economically wise, I think it's difficult for everyone to sit back and think, okay, let, let's let's push this through a slower process or let's sit back. You, you can't take a step back um, at the moment. And I think when we looked at the last time we had this kind of issue in the economy, the businesses that survived are the ones that invested and they they looked at the future and they wanted to push on. Um, so for us, it's about how can we facilitate that quicker for the bank and also the fintech to make it more cost effective for them you know make sure that they're not spending time and resource and money on doing due diligence when you know at the end they might not get a contract so therefore that that actual process has lost them money all right let's focus specifically on the erqs the enterprise ready questions that you've put together what what do they set out to achieve spell this out for me is this an off-the-shelf package that as a bank I can go to and it answers all my questions. We've put a lot of work into this. So it's not just a a simple case of here's a few questions, answer these, and then we put them in front of the banks. What we've done is is lots and lots of think tanks with the banks. And as you introduced at the start of the call, 15 of the world's leading banks we've sat down with and asked them what they're looking for. What are the minimum expectations that they want to see from suppliers to be able to initiate relationships with them? But on top of that, we've also sat with the suppliers and understood from their point of view what challenges they have with the banks. So from from there, we're able to set out them the EQRs or the enterprise ready questions so that the supplier can answer answer them initially. Obviously, there, there will be further due diligence needed as they go forward. But initially, this is the bare minimum 
that the bank will want to see before they start working with that supplier. Um, it sounds like you've done a lot of the hard yards already for any fintech wanting to to get into bed with a bank. Absolutely, you know we, we've we've worked with a, a question list of about three hundred originally to narrow that down and down and down into a smaller amount of questions that could take the fintech an hour to complete. And then that sits on our, our platform and shows the banks how compliant that person are or that supplier are, sorry. And for the supplier's point of view, they only have to do it once. And then on our platform, the multiple banks can see them answers and then start initiating conversations with that supplier. There's also the benefit of the banks being able to invite other suppliers to the platform that they might want to work with. So it's all contained in one place. And therefore, if one bank's uh, want to work with that supplier, there's potential that other banks would want to as well because they've initiated that conversation. We've learned from this through years of experience and the banks, you know, with their procurement teams or their innovation teams know exactly what they want to see. So we know that, they know that, and now we're able to work with the suppliers for them to be able to quickly do it and start that, start that engagement. You talk about more fintechs coming onto the platform do you expect more banks to come onto the platform as well? And 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 how difficult was it to get 15 banks to agree on something? Very challenging. But we, we have a great CEO in Layla who's got great relationships with the banks. So it was a big educational piece. It wasn't a case of a, a kind of free-for-all. It's about, you know, taking back into them workshops about what the suppliers are saying and what the suppliers are being challenged with, and, and getting the banks to understand that it's not just always cut and dry from their point of view, as in, you know, the supplier needs to answer all these questions, you know, because a lot of them are irrelevant at the start, you know. And then there's a lot of fear in the supplier's point of view about putting a no in a box. You know, <laughs> as, soon as, as soon as they have to put a no in a box, is is that the end of their journey with that bank? Yeah, absolutely. We want to get more banks onto the to the platform. We've got some great conversations taking place and you know, things are happening. But for us, the priority was at this stage is, is getting to this stage where we can release these enterprise-ready questions and make our platform more viable for both sides of so the buyer and the supplier so they, they can work in, in unison. So the, the actual front of it gives the bank the opportunity to review and to look at and to invite and to really, really use it as a driving force for their procurement. Without getting into too much detail, which is probably probably not in the right place to do that, but can you give me a flavour of what the ERQs contain? A lot of this would be down to, you know, your security a lot of it would be down to uh, the diversity of your business and how you go about certain stuff, what certifications you have in place, you know, all these different things that are important. Because again, if, you, if you're a bank and you're working with a supplier who's got Cyber Essentials or ISO or SOC, then you, you, you'll be more confident that they have got these security measures in place. So it's about the, the bank taking that minimum expectations and running through. I'd love to go into more detail about what the questions are, but obviously it's a bit, bit tricky right now. Um, but the standardised nature of the questions means that the fintechs will not need to spend so much time and effort preparing for onboarding. And the banks and financial institutions will, all, will be able to assess the readiness of the fintech for the faster integration. 
then that that's the purpose of it. We started off talking about the bank fintech landscape and how it was changing. Let's go back to that topic and underline how you think bank fintech relationships will change as a result of this set of enterprise-ready questions you've come up with. Yeah, absolutely. I think the main part of it for us is being fast, that's moving cheaper for both parties, you know, through... Like I was saying earlier, a lot of these companies are not resource rich, they're not financially rich. So we need to make it quick as possible for the engagement to start for both parties. From a bank's point of view, you know, their teams have to sit there and, and scale through the internet or look at all these different suppliers and then start initiating conversations with them and review information that's coming back. So it's quite a manual task. But through the platform, they're able just to log in and have a look and they can just see what's out there. You know, there they might be stuff out there that they don't know they need right now, but brings up some ideas about stuff they want to do in the future. Um, I get um, it. You're a supermarket. And I'm as a bank, I'm pushing my shopping trolley down the supermarket. I have my shopping list, but I might see something on the shelf that I want as well. Yes, exactly that. And it's also looking at trends because I, I think there's there's so many conversations about the future of technology especially within the uk we're now the fintech capital of the world i believe they they call london for us is how do we how can we work with the banks to increase their capacity or or their their want for these new suppliers to come on board and also like like we said earlier about picking the right supplier is so important you know you you don't want to have any risk attached to your your bank or or your department that you're working in so if we can help them reduce their risk but work with more companies then i think that's going to be fruitful for everybody paul brown chief operating officer of tech passport thank you very much